Nashville. Merry Christmas. Why don't we stand together? Look at your neighbor and say, Merry Christmas. Amen. Look to the other side. Say, Merry Christmas. Boy, what a way to celebrate Jesus' birthday than in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Father, we welcome you today. We say, Happy birthday, Jesus. Merry Christmas, oh God. Lord, we welcome you in this place and ask that you would move in a mighty way. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Come on and say amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to sing some Christmas carols. I hope that you'll join in with us as we sing. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare him through and heaven and nature sing and heaven and nature sing and heaven and heaven and nature sing joy to the earth the savior reigns let men their songs employ while fields and blood
Well, I think we need to start singing something happened when I call his name or something. Such a good presence. If you could be seated. Um, boy, this just takes me back. I remember we were with us a couple of years ago when God just began to bless the church and we were still in this building. It was like this every service. And just to see the sovereignty of the Lord. I, I have to tell you, uh, this church absolutely amazes me. My faith was not that strong. I thought if we have 100 people come today, we're going to have a really good turnout. And y'all have, you just amazed me. Thank you. That on Christmas Day, how can we not come and celebrate the Lord Jesus? Uh, we all have so much to be grateful for and uh, to be able to celebrate uh, in church the presence of the Lord. So I'm going to try to control myself today. Um, but I, I went to prayer this morning and I was just asking the Lord, you know, what do you want to say? And um, in my daily Bible reading a couple of days ago, um, I had started in the book of Matthew. And of course, the first couple of chapters deal with the birth of Jesus Christ. Um, I'm so glad Jesus was born. Um, I have another message that I want to share, but I need more time. So I'm holding that one for next week, hopefully, that 
that God will do something then. How many is ready for New Year's Eve? Remember, we have a great time. Um, after I minister, we're going to enter into a time of candlelight communion. And uh, I'm going to tell you something. You, you have moved the heart of the Lord today. Uh, this is an unusual group of people right here. And God does not let these kind of moments go unnoticed. And the hand of God is, is uh, He's on us. How many can feel that? Hallelujah. What impressed me about what I'm going to talk to you is that the event of the birth of Jesus Christ, all of the events that you read about here, God manipulated men to make the word of the Lord come true. And I want to start off in the book of Matthew, uh, the second chapter, and reading with verse 1. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews, for which seen his star in the east, and we've come to worship him? When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. And thou Bethlehem in the land of Judah are not thou least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. First of all, Jesus was born in a time that the political climate hated him. They did not want anything like Jesus to come along. And when the Lord begins to reveal himself that he's coming in flesh, the Bible said that he revealed himself to wise men. And the scripture says that when these wise men heard the news about Jesus, they said, we've got to come and worship him. Not everybody in this hour recognizes that God is doing something prophetically. It takes the wisdom of Christians to be able to recognize what God's doing. And when Jesus was born, it was in a dark time in a time when there was no revival, no move of the Lord, politics was against him, and yet what nobody realized was that thousands of years before, God wrote it down, this is what's going to happen, and nothing could stop it. <laughs> Hallelujah. And it does not matter how dark it is in our nation. It doesn't matter who rules. It doesn't matter who's in control. It's already been written. There shall be light in the evening time. And the glory of the latter house shall be greater than that of the former. You can't stop it. You can't pass a law against it. You can't kill him. Hallelujah. Because he's king of kings and he's Lord of lords. And so what God is birthing in this hour is something that has already been prophesied prophetically. And when God writes it down, it cannot be changed. Hallelujah. It cannot be changed. And of course, men, if they could have orchestrated the events, 
they would have picked Jerusalem, the capital. But see, nobody could pick it. I'm sure that the Jews talked about the Messiah and thought for sure he would come out of Bethlehem or out of Jerusalem. But see, he couldn't come to Jerusalem because it had already been prophesied. Bethlehem. The least. The unexpected. Could it be that as God is beginning to release this manifestation of his glory in the earth, it's not going to come in places that we expect it. But it's going to show up where the Lord has already declared, he who hungers and thirsts after righteousness shall be filled. And so the Lord, it could not be changed. He had already declared it prophetically. When you go back on down to the scriptures in verse 13, when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, and flee into Egypt, and be thou there until I bring thee word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child, obviously as Jesus, and his mother by night, and they departed into Egypt. And was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt I have called my son. Prophetically, God said it thousand years before. And now when it comes time, the Lord begins to manipulate the heart of a king that does not know God. And puts it in him. I'm going to kill him. God can change the heart of anybody. Last night we were talking. And what we're seeing right now is. There's so many people that have been on the fence. That God's making reveal their hearts. And most of the time. If you're riding the fence. You're always going to get off on the wrong side. And we're seeing in the news people that have been very vocal about Christ all of a sudden are taking the wrong side. But the prophet wrote that Jesus has to come out of Egypt. So the Lord began to orchestrate events. People begin to do things they didn't even know why they were doing them. Because the word of the Lord has to be fulfilled. What you're going to see now in the year 2023 is God is going to make people that have no idea why they're doing it begin to do things to fulfill prophecy in the last days and in the last hour. And it looked like it was a dark time. In fact, the scripture says that Jesus fled into Egypt by night. Had to hide. And then God one day just stops the heart of Herod. And he killed him. Herod died so that Jesus could come back to Jerusalem, to Israel. See, God is moving the church into different places. 
And when it's prophetically the timing of God for it to happen, God will begin to do things that nobody can stop. We've been so locked in at times to thinking that it's the natural environment that determines the momentum of the church. Not so. It is the God will. It is the prophetic word of the Lord that God declared by the spirits. And see, we are now in the Old Testament, the Jews called Egypt the iron furnace. And the scripture says that the Lord told his Joseph, he said, you can go back home now because Herod's dead. He says, so that prophecy could be fulfilled that had been spoken. In the atmosphere, there are things that God has declared that in the natural look impossible. But when it's time for it to be fulfilled, it, God just begins to manipulate events. He makes people begin to do things they did not expect to do so the word of the Lord can be fulfilled. Verse 19, and when Herod was dead, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. And he said, take the young child and his mother and go into the land of Israel, for they are dead which sought the young child's life. And he arose, took the young child and his mother and came into the land of Israel. In verse 23, and he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophets he shall be called a Nazarene or a Nazarite you can just you can look at this and you can see how it looked like it was a natural series of events but it wasn't God had to fulfill his word because Jesus had to go to Nazareth. So the Lord begins to orchestrate things to make Jesus move to Nazareth so he could fulfill the prophetic word of the Lord. Later on, it says that after baptism, Jesus is anointed by the Holy Spirit. And it says, and he began to teach and preach the kingdom. And it said he did it in the land of Zebulon, that the word of the Lord might be fulfilled that he came out of the land of Zebulun. This is a season where God, you're going to see God do some things that to the natural eye just looks like, well, it just evolved. No, God's saying, I have caused these things to happen that my word might be fulfilled. The Bible says this about me and you, that we are the sheep of his pasture. That makes us lambs. And Jess and I were talking about this. Paul spoke, he said that Christ would be formed in you. And I was reading the verse in the book of Revelation and it says that the John wept because there was no one who was worthy to open up the book of seals. And the angel turns to him and he says, 
weep not. For the line of Judah has been made worthy to open up the book. Hallelujah, the seals. And John said, I turned to see the line of Judah. He said, but what I saw was a lamb. I think we're getting ready to see the lamb roar like the lion. Hallelujah. I think you and I, hallelujah, have Christ in us who is the line of Judah. And for a long time, the world has looked at the church as some anemic, weak, tempted group of people like lambs that are just led along and have no defense. But God says there is a season where the Lord, the line of Judah that has been formed in us, there is a roar of the anointing of the Lord that's getting ready to come up out of the body of Christ in the year 2023. There is a birth of the Spirit of the Lord that's being released by the power of God. This is the hour where you and I are being counted worthy to open up the book. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you. So we ask ourselves, you know, Lord, how is this going to come about? The Lord says it's going to come about because I already wrote it down. He has already described the church of the last days. And she will be glorious, powerful, without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. You know why God is making a lot of people that have called themselves Christians, their hearts are being exposed? You know how a lot of times when you have something, just a spot on it, you don't want to really go anywhere you get something and you remove it. I got a good feeling the spirit that the Lord is removing some spots from the garments of the house of the Lord because the scripture says we will be unspotted. Hallelujah. We will not be weak. We will not be dirty. We will not be uh, defiled, but we will be clean and powerful. And so as I, as I look at this room today, it tells me that the rumors of the demise of the church have been greatly exaggerated. Hallelujah. 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 My God, there's such a spirit of the Lord. You, you can't tell me this is regular all over the United States. At, the, at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, people are showing up packing out a little warehouse with ice on the asphalt. Why? Because there is a hunger in us for the things of the Lord. And I'm telling you, hallelujah, that God is orchestrating events to fulfill the prophetic word of God that has been released in the atmosphere that what God has promised, He is also able to perform it. The Bible says this, the word of the Lord will not return unto him void. But will come back fulfilled. All right, they told me I didn't have a whole lot of time, so that part I guess I'm done. Here we 
you all have our, our I want my wife to come with me. Uh, I think one of my Is everybody, has everybody been served the elements? If you're not, you raise your hand. And uh, we have our candles. Why don't we stand? I'm, I never like doing communion or sitting down. This is a very reverent moment. And I believe that we need to stand in honor of the presence of the Lord. And uh, we're going to light our candles. Somebody, I never thought I would say 30 degrees is warm. At our house Thursday morning, the wind chill was 24 below zero. And I thought, why? I'm ready for this to pass. We need to cause the fire to come down. Hallelujah. We're going to uh, partake of communion. And there's, there's a lot that about this but as I was praying today and thinking about leading you in communion when Jesus sat in that room that night and he said with great desire have I desired to share this with you and of course we know he looked at me and said this this bread is my body that is broken for you and he said, this wine is my blood which is shed for you. The things that stand out to me, number one, was you and I have survived some difficult times in our lives. But to some degree, what made it easier was we didn't know it was coming. It just happened, and then you, you acclimate to that event. Jesus knew completely what was getting ready to happen to him at Calvary and the cross while he was still well. So he's sitting in this room with this weight of understanding of what was hours away from what was getting ready to happen to him. And then he told him, he said, this is my covenant with you. And that day or that evening as he said in that room, he said, I am making covenant with you. Now, when God makes covenant, he never breaks it. And there are some covenants that even when man breaks, breaks the covenant, God still keeps it. 
And as he sat in that room, he looked at them and he was basically telling them, no matter how difficult it gets, no matter how bad it gets, he said, I want you to know this. I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. What is so profound to me is Jesus made that level of commitment to them with the full knowledge that every one of them were going to forsake him. It's one thing to look a friend or someone that you love in the eye and tell them, I'm here for you always because you know they love you and they feel the same way. But it would be difficult to look at somebody and say, I'm here for you always and know they're getting ready to betray you. Jesus stood there in that room and looked at them and looked at Peter because it wasn't just Peter because the Bible said they all forsook him. And yet that evening in that room Jesus said I'm going to let my body be broken because I love you. And he said I'm going to let him shed my blood because I love you. And he did it with people that were going to deny him, curse, and run away. I think of the verse that says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so with all of our failures, I can promise you that saw all of my faults and all of my failures, you probably wouldn't want me as a pastor. Aren't you glad we can't read each other's minds? Nobody would be married. You see, Christ can read our minds. He knows the very intent of our heart. And that's why the Bible says that his love is incomparable. That how does he love us when we have failed so many times, messed up so many times, and yet he'll look at us and say, recover, recover. So this afternoon as we take this bread, we take this bread out of gratefulness that when God had every right to look at us and say, I'm done with you. That he didn't. This tells me that you and I are loved. Because he said this, as often as you do this. And what's strange is he only made that statement to 12 men. And yet I think here we are over 2,000 years later, worldwide, and by the millions, we are enacting what he only told 12 men. I thought, how could that be? Because that night, maybe later on after resurrection, became so profound to those 12 men, to those 11 men that stood with him. They looked back and realized the tremendous depth 
what had happened. They were so moved that everywhere they went, they said, we got to do this. Because we were in the room with him. And he said, as often as you do this, you do it in remembrance of me. So today, we take this bread in remembrance of the birth of Jesus, the death, the burial, and the resurrection, but most of all, the mercy of the Lord. Let's partake of the bread. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, while we're taking that, there's healing flowing in this room. Hallelujah. In communion, while you take communion, there's healing flowing in your bodies right now. In the name of Jesus, we release it by the word of the Lord that every sickness and every disease in your body right now has to leave as you have partaken of the body of Christ that was broken for you in Jesus' name. It's one thing to suffer a wound for a friend. And that Jesus did when his body was broken. But it's a whole nother level when you give your life. This represents his life. And what he was saying to him that night was, I'm not fulfilling an old covenant. He said, I'm making a new covenant. And I'm sealing it with my blood. And he said, I have to die to give it power. So today, as we partake of this grape juice, we are partaking, we are drinking the life of Jesus Christ. We are drinking the power of God. Hallelujah. We're drinking the salvation of lost children. Hallelujah. We are drinking the provision of our next home as Regeneration Nashville is looking. We are drinking of revival to our country. We are drinking the blessing of God over your businesses, over your marriages, over your life, and over your peace. So let's partake of the blessing of the Lord. Now let's raise our hands and let's thank the Lord Jesus. God, we thank you. Lord, we stand without really adequate words to express, Lord, what you have done for us. I'm so thankful, God, that you would come into a world of sin and take on our flesh to have fellowship with us. Now, Lord, we praise you.
one another and for him. Now, I also want to say to our, our online um, family today how much we love you and, um, and we just embrace you even though you're far away and around the world. You're part of us. You're present here with us. And we send the blessings of the Lord to you and your family. Come on, church. Let's just pray for our online, our online family today. Lord, in the name of Jesus, God, let the peace of God that passes understanding, oh God, fill the hearts and the homes of our online family today. God, let them feel the embrace of the Holy Spirit as we feel it in this room. We send the Spirit of the Lord to you today. In the name of Jesus, Spirit of the living God, settle down in their homes. In Jesus' name. Joy to to the 
Jiminy saw our Christmas program. Amen. Wasn't that great? Amen. We're going to have to do more of that. And uh, have tremendous uh, reception to the airing. It's still going to be aired, I know, on New Year's Day and, and some New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. Yeah. So uh, I want to say thank you to my wife and to Burton for the tremendous production. I think we ought to break into a little bit of um, Jesus. What uh, Jesus? No. No, no. The light of the world. Woo! <laughs> no. Okay. Well, sorry. Had a little, little brain lapse there. <laughs> oh, what have we got? Are we done? Let's eat cake. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say thank you for making Christ first today. Uh, and uh, I want to pray over you and bless you for these next few days. Uh, now, Saturday night, we're going to have a great time with the Lord. Of course, Sunday, we're going to have church again. Um, but I don't know, just being back here in this room and seeing this, this kind of response to the Lord just lets me know that God's up to something. I just wanted to tell you that if you have a tithe and offering and you'd like to give it, there'll be folks in the back of the basket. Also, basket for your elements and your candles. If you want to deposit those on the way out, and we will turn the lights back up for you at the end of service, okay? Make sure your candles are out before you put them in that basket. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. All right. Lord, we thank you. For your presence. And God, I'm honored, my wife and I are honored that you would let us shepherd this amazing group of people. And Lord, I ask you today that the angels of God, Psalms 91, would be enacted on us. That Lord, that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. God, every word that's being spoken against you and your people in this hour, God, that we will rise up against it in judgment. And Lord, that we come into the new year full of the glory and the power that, God, what you've already written and spoken over our lives shall come to pass. Now, God, we speak that there will not be one accident, not one sickness, not one death. Lord, that this will be a joyful season. God, surprise us. Hallelujah. When we come back together to give you glory this coming weekend, Lord, we know that you will already be there. Now, Lord, thank you for drawing us together. Thank you for the family of God that's in this building and online. We do not take for granted, Lord, what we have. And may we always guard it and keep it safe. Now, Lord, say Merry Christmas, Happy Birthday to you, Jesus. We love you. And God, today we give you the gift of our heart. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Let's sing. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We we wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Merry Christmas.
Christmas, everybody. God bless. Thanks for tuning in. For more information about KCM International or Regeneration Nashville, go to KentChristmas.org or RegenerationNashville.org. And for the latest updates or videos, follow us on Facebook and subscribe to us on YouTube. God bless you.